0: Sequoia's official podcast
1: Where we kick ash How's it going, Sequoia? You're listening to KA19, Sequoia's official podcast. I'm your host, Jackie B, and we're bringing this school year to a close with our last KA19 podcast of the year, and personally, my last podcast at Sequoia. I'd like to welcome back Dr. Mark McLaughlin, the CVUSD superintendent. And last time you were with us, Dr. McLaughlin, we talked about your background in education and what the Conejo Way meant to you. Today, I want to talk a little bit about your role in CVUSD, things that you do on the daily, places you go, people you work with. And uh, so to start off, could you give our listeners a short summary of the superintendent's role in a school district?
0: Sure. First and foremost, Jackie B., I want to thank you for your job in hosting the podcast over the course of the last two years. You've been fantastic. And and the opportunity to come in and speak with you and, and Sequoia and all those in the, um, Worldwide Wide Web World, I really appreciate the opportunity to come in and, and, and say hello. Thank um, you so much. For me, uh, you know, the 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 day-to-day operations of, of the school district basically fall on my shoulders. It is my job to to run the district um, and the day-to-day operations with with help and support from my cabinet members and with uh, the support of information coming in from our school sites, principals, uh, the parent community, and just the, the Coneo community at large. So, um, you know, there, there are definitely a lot of things that my job entails on a day-to-day basis, Um, and the most, um, I guess, uh, easiest way to explain that uh, for the listeners is really uh, the day-to-day operations of the district, and and you know, obviously working with my school board is, is really important since they are uh my boss right. and making sure that I'm in day to day communication with them or or week to week communication with them and, and uh notifying them of of concerns and issues that affect the district as a whole or individual school sites and then soliciting information back uh, to help facilitate some of the decisions.
1: Do you ever get to like go out in the field and work at schools or is it mostly behind your desk?
0: Oh no, I, I spend a lot of time out at school sites. Uh, I would say there uh, are a number of occasions during the week where uh, my day starts at school sites. And oh. so it's easy for me to start my day at a school site. That means that um, at 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'll be scheduled to go out to a school site. Um, I, I tend to go straight from home to those scheduled meetings because if I stop into the office, I get caught up on, yeah. you know, any stuff that comes in. So right. for me, uh, I like to start my day off at a school site. So, um, you know, there's two days a week that I would say um, that, I, that I'm out uh, at school sites um, starting my day off. Great. And then there are other opportunities such as teacher of the year, uh, award ceremonies, activities at the schools where, um, you know, I'm out numerous times yeah. uh, throughout throughout the week. And so it's, it's really hard to, to say how often I'm out because I do spend a lot of time out at our school sites.
1: And it varies based on what's going on that week and everything like that. Correct. So with that uh, crazy schedule of you being out in and everywhere, I'm sure just like teachers, you work some crazy hours. So like uh, on, the, on the week, like how? How what what does a typical day look like for you? Like what time do you uh, show up to work?
0: Okay, so uh, great question um, because I I think for me uh, knowing that I have about eighteen thousand five hundred students um, that that rely on me to make really great decisions every day yeah. and and. 4,000 staff when you look at wow. our teachers, our administrators, our classified staff, plus all of our exempt and coaches, um, plus all the volunteers in our district. You know, I, I, I do take that responsibility very seriously. So it does cause for some sleepless nights. So I'm going to talk a little bit about yesterday as an example. Um, I woke up at 1.30 in the morning. Um, I, I just was having a hard time sleeping. I checked my email actually sent an email, um, reviewed the cabinet that I was having uh, yesterday morning at 10 o'clock. Um, something on that agenda caught my eye. So it was a bit of a concern. So, um, I caught myself wondering about, you know, what that conversation was and why, um, this was a, a, a topic on the agenda. Um, and I was still having problems going to sleep. So I reviewed some, ...data, um, because it comes in every night, it updates at 12 o'clock, we get a refresh of new scores being Mm -hmm. approved from from the state level, so I looked at some test scores, and and so that probably kept me up till probably around 2.30, went back to sleep, woke up at 5.45 and immediately checked my email, Uh, that happens every morning. Uh, Sent an email to Mr. Lichtel and Mr. Liu uh, Mm -hmm. regarding the concern that was on the uh, cabinet agenda. Meeting to gather some background information. As a matter of fact, my daughter received Student of the Month yesterday at her school. Wow,
1: congratulations. And so
0: uh, I did that event from 7.30 to 8. Nice. uh, Stopped by the district uh, maintenance and operation facility uh, from (gasps) 8 to about 8.30 made my way into the office after that, um, did my typical, uh, department walkthroughs. I, I bounced from department to department in the morning just to say good morning, yeah. uh, touch base with any of Check our directors yeah. on, mm-hmm. on things that they're working on. Um, so at about nine thirty, I went in and started working on my weekly board report that I sent wow. to the board. Um, and that is something that comes in from all of our departments and it is a weekly communication that goes to our board and then, a week later, all that communi- communication that I sent to the board the following week will get sent out to all of our principals, coordinators, um, union representation. So uh, I, I'm trying to be very transparent in the communication that goes out, yeah. and it's you know, and it's a and pretty I think big
1: aspect. Yeah, it,
0: it is. It's 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 key. From ten to one yesterday, we met in executive cabinet. That's myself and deputy and assistant superintendents, and we covered a, n- a number of topics um, regarding. The end of the school year and things that we're planning for for next year um, one to two i reviewed the board agenda that needs to get posted tomorrow afternoon on friday um, from two to four i reviewed uh, the plan for the award ceremony tonight and worked on a couple public records requests um, four to five thirty, i debriefed with miss wilson miss valentine and mr lichtwell about a couple issues at two of our school sites that lasted till five thirty. 545 to 6 I spoke to a maintenance supervisor on my way home just to update on how the move was going yesterday Uh, 545 to 6 I had a conversation with our assistant superintendent of student support services uh, Lisa Miller regarding some special education uh, Topics that we were discussing Um, At six o'clock before I even walked into my house I sent a positive text message to one of our M&O employees about some work that was being done at uh, one of our facilities Six to seven, I sat on the couch and kind of monitored Twitter to see what was out there. Yeah, and Something caught my eye, so I reached out to our adult school principal, Mr. Sanders, let him know that some things were on Twitter that I wanted him to be aware of, and, and let him know that we need to build a plan about how to address some of the conversation moving forward. Um, eight o'clock, I looked at uh, some more site assessment, uh, state assessment data, um, worked on a spreadsheet that I that I keep track of that data on. Uh, sent some emails and text messages from eight to nine, and at ten thirty, I waited for the Acorn um, to be posted online so I could see what articles were posted about uh, Canal Valley Unified School District. So I would say that that looks like a typical day. Wow, uh, I stacked. struggle, I struggle sleeping, and I do enjoy working. Um, and so, you know, even when I'm sitting on the couch, yeah. you know, watching the NBA. Playoffs, uh, I'm constantly working because I'm looking at Twitter and seeing what's out right, there, yeah. knowing what's happening at our school sites. It's a viable um, resource. So, yeah. so it is a lengthy day, um, and, and I would say uh, most days – are typical to that.
1: And you said that you woke up at 545. Is that your typical alarm set? That's when you get up every day? That's,
0: that's my time to get wow. up. Wow. So.
1: And I love how that, when you you mentioned all those things, you have so many different forms of communication. You said, mentioned text messaging, calling mouth to mouth. I mean, that's that's just crazy. And that's that's really cool that, you know, you can use those different resources. And even Twitter, you had mentioned yep. that. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's really cool. And I'm sure it allows you to be so much more productive than you were in the past. And clearly, you get Get a lot done in a day. So. Yeah,
0: I, I, you know, there's a piece where being connected is is key, um, and and there's times where I I, I feel I'm overconnected yeah. because I have. Yeah. Uh, a, a wife and three three kids of my own that I, I got to make sure yeah. that there is a healthy balance. And Double-edged sword. It is. And when we talk about the Kineo, Kineo way, you know, one of the things that we talk about in that is that having that work-life balance. And, and, you know, I'm new still as a finishing up my second year as a superintendent. So there are things where I'm still learning time management and um, prioritization and those type of things. So there's a lot that I'm still learning um, and will continue to learn in this job. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. Great. Uh, so uh, as you talked about all these different people that you are meeting and um, you know the the different departments it, it made me think you know the school <clears throat> the school district sometimes reminds me of the federal government you know there's the school board uh, which is Congress and then we don't really have a Supreme Court per se but I like to think principals and campus supervisors are like the law enforcement of the district and then there is the executive branch which is you and I mean does this really sort of summarize the roles and responsibilities responsibilities of the school district briefly? If if you're talking to to someone in layman's terms, would you say that that's a pretty good uh, analogy?
0: Yeah, I I think that that's a a good way to look at it. You know, really, I I look at myself as being third in charge. And first in charge is the public. Um, right. The Canal Valley. The the our community is number one. Our community has the opportunity to vote in our school board. So they're number two in 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 that line of, of decision making. And and you know they're my bosses. That's one of their responsibilities. Uh, one of their very few responsibilities is to hire the superintendent. And and from there, then it comes down to to me and and the day-to-day operations. And then obviously I get the ability to to hire my executive cabinet. And and when we look at um, at principals and things like that, I'll be in the hiring process from usually the principals up, assistant principals, uh, teachers, psychologists, counselors, classified staff. um, A lot of those Hiring processes go down mm. to to the supervisor, or the hiring manager, or the principal, Got and it. and I'm you know I'm not into those uh, you know day to day. Um, decisions, but it is my recommendation on those hires that go to the board. So I think y- your analogy is, is 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 really good about um, you know where I fall in a government structure within yeah. an organization.
1: And you keep mentioning classified staff, yes. and I know it's I know it's classified, but uh, what is that? I've I've never heard that term before, especially in the school board.
0: Yeah, so our classified staff are employees who are not in the classroom as teachers. Who are not in the classroom uh as ca- or in an office as counselors they're not certificated by uh definition so there are custodians there are, are folks who work in the office our maintenance and operation our grounds crews um the people that work in our payroll department and our administrative assistants mm-hmm. so uh they everyone who basically is 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 not tied to a some type of a teaching or certificated position in the district
1: okay that makes sense thank you for clarification and um so you know this is this is really all a kanejo way right Mm -hmm. and we we had talked about last year what the kanejo way had mean to you and and you know what what it meant to the whole school district the community everything like that and so how has the kanejo way made us better as a school district from when we talked about it a little bit ago
0: well, I think for me, um, being new in the position and and trying to communicate what my expectations would be, I think that it has done a nice job in laying at that foundation. Now, yeah. a lot of the the Kineo Way is aspirational, and um, you know there are it's a mindset of you know this is what we want to be as a as a district, and it, and it takes time. And when I say aspirational, it could be three years down the line, five years down the line, when you actually see um, the fruits of, of its labor, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's it's for me, when we, we look at um, the Conejo Way, uh, you know, the couple key pieces that stick out is I really want people to know their business and what's their passion and enthusiasm and have a great attitude about the work that they do. And, and then the other piece is it's, um, you know, about using data, to define some of that work, uh, not the only p- thing that we use is data. Yeah. there, there are, you know, I'm learning that, you know, through this that that there are there are pieces other than data points that that drive um, my leadership and and my decision making and and communication that goes out to the district. But um, you know, data data is is is, is still really a key piece to it so yeah. so i think you know when we look at the canal way as a as a whole um you know there's there's still a lot of work that needs to be done as as me as as a person who oversees the operations and, and the person who is the the face in some ways of the district and communicating that out so that uh everyone within the organization um, and our community feels comfortable with knowing what yeah. that is
1: yeah, it's it seems like you're really you're really more and more like a communication hub between the public, the school board, everything, the school sites. It's it's like you're right in the middle, and you know that actually makes me wonder like if. If something happens at a school site, like uh, like an emergency, like um, last year, <clears throat> or sorry, not last year, when I was at my elementary school, Earth's uh, Magnet, we had, I think, like a water pipe burst. And so would something like that come directly to you or would that go to their respective departments and then you're just notified of the problem and you can take respective actions later? I
0: know it goes to the... Uh, respective department who oversees that would, would, in your case would be, um, our maintenance and operation department. And then, um, our deputy superintendent, Dr. Hike of, uh, who oversees business services. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, if we're shutting down the water and those type of things, then it would make its way to me because what we want to do is make sure we're communicating to the families that there would be no running water on that campus for a period of time. Right. Um, but then there are times where there is not the the water is not going to be turned off, and it's just a matter of of getting a uh, some crews out there to get it fixed, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't necessarily make its way all the way up to me. Got so, it. So um, when we have to do some communication, um, our communication coordinator falls under me, yeah. And so that's why um, you know I need to make sure that I am in the loop so that um, we can draft and create the the appropriate message to go out.
1: Got it. Okay. Great. Yeah. And uh, so are there areas for improvement in communication and uh, other things that are, uh, that are helping our district get, get things done and making it the Conejo way?
0: Right. Uh, well, what I've learned is um, you always want to over-communicate, um, especially in our community. I think our, our uh, families want to know, you know as much detail as, as, as possible. Yes. And even when I feel that we've over-communicated, that's still not enough communication. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's true. And, and that, that goes even not just communicating to our community, but to our um, employees and mm-hmm. our departments. And sometimes we think from a cabinet level, um, and a superintendent level that we've done, uh, our due diligence in soliciting feedback and, uh, creating our message and then communicating that out to, to the employees in the district. And, um, yesterday in cabinet, one of the things that we talked about was, um, we've got to improve our communication yeah. at, 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 all levels of the organization. And, you know, is that in, in written form? Um, is that in, you know, um, just verbally in meetings um, and how do we uh, move away from sometimes that communication being interpreted to those on the receiving end we want to make sure our message is clear and so we know that as we uh, gear up for the next school year that um, communication as a whole in all of our departments coming from the superintendent cabinet level Mm -hmm. does need to improve
1: yeah Yeah. Well I I can definitely feel that because, you know, like it's it's really hard sometimes when when people don't communicate on all levels, right? You know, anywhere from just like a school project where someone doesn't say, Hey, I'm not gonna be there for the presentation day, well then you know, you gotta adapt to that. And then it's even up to Sequoia where, you know, sometimes like other some events are like super advertised, it's on the website, it's all over, it's in announcements and then other events are like, Oh, well, I I just heard about that yesterday, you know? And it can really you know tip it tip the tables either way and it's it's a really vital component of running operations anywhere and so that's great to hear that you guys are really trying to improve that yeah
0: for for me personally as a superintendent i think um what i've always been successful in my career has been the the communication communication side of the house that emotional intelligence piece I, i i i i do have a feel for how Individuals feel about a decision or uh, a path in which we're, we're moving towards. When I think I stepped into the superintendent's role, um, you know, there's a lot of layers between me and school sites and departments, mm-hmm. and I would say I kind of. Exc- not purposely, but I found myself excluding myself, uh, away from individuals at, at, at those levels. And I mean, it really dawned on me within the last few months that, um, you know, I can't let those layers get in the way of how I've always communicated with, with people in the organization mm-hmm. prior to holding the title of superintendent yeah. and the responsibilities that come with that. So I've got to do a better job of getting out and, and, having conversations and being more involved in um, what's happening with our maintenance department or our paraeducators and those type of things. And, and, and I can definitely see um, that improving over the course of the last, last few months.
1: For sure. So um, what would you attribute to the declining enrollment in the district and school sites? Uh, and does the district have a plan to try and raise enrollment rates?
0: well you know enrollment statewide is on the decline Um, and when you look at Venture County as a whole Mm -hmm. um, all of uh, the districts on this end of the county um, and throughout the whole county is 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 declining enrollment so you know one of the the things that we look at is um, when we look at are there young families moving into our community Mm -hmm. Um, can they afford to move into our community is there housing available for them to be able to purchase a home or rent a home Um, if if those things are not available then it's really difficult for um, young families to to move into to the community so you know that um you know the cost of living in, in in the Conejo is is you know um on the upper end yeah, of, for sure. of, of living expenses. And so it is difficult for, for younger families. Um, I think it, when Thousand Oaks was growing and we had some, uh, uh, Lang Ranch area mm-hmm. and Sycamore Canyon areas, um, uh, building schools and, and homes in those areas, we saw a, a incline, uh, incline in our enrollment, um, because I think the, the homes were affordable at the time. Yeah. Uh, young families yeah. were moving in. And once families purchase those homes, um, you know it's a beautiful community to want to stay and live in. And so as families see their kids moving and graduating and going off to college and graduating college, that doesn't necessarily mean that the parents of those kids want to sell their yeah. house and right. and downsize or, or move to a more... Um, uh, an environment that's got a better climate because they're living in a really nice climate so so i think that there are some of those things um, that come into play there's no doubt that there is a number of charter schools and private schools um, homeschool programs and online programs that that um, some of our families turn to because that's a better education system for 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 them right Um, and so we're trying to and and working towards tapping into uh, those type of projects, when you look at our century program um, and the things that we're doing with our independent study um, and and the creation of our homeschool program a couple years ago, while the enrollment's been fairly low, uh, I think you know over the course of time we're going to have the ability to grow that as well. So um, we are, as a district, looking at um, trend analysis of the number of. F- kids that live in the kaneo area Mm -hmm. how many are attending schools outside of our area how many students do we have that come in on inter-district transfers Um, what are our programs where uh people who who may not live in our community are interested in and transferring in for and and then how do we communicate that out so so they're definitely uh the enrollment is a concern um there's no doubt and You know, but we're, you know, we're not the only district who's facing that. But how do we overcome it, I guess, individually as a district is is part of the conversation with our board as we move into next school year.
1: For sure. Well, yeah. And then, of course, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's actually a really good point that you know like everyone the younger families it's sometimes harder for them to to support themselves in the community like this and of course you know with all the new things that we're getting in the in the canal Valley and Thousand Oaks I mean the land value just increases 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 and um, and you know n- not really if if you're a younger family trying to start a family and move over here get your kids in school the wages aren't really increasing 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 so it gets tougher and tougher and that's interesting that those two things correlate you know I never really thought of that I thought maybe you know kids were just uh I mean I know it's 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 technically the law to go to school but maybe you know parents were getting a little bit more loose with it or whatever it may be but yeah that's interesting yeah Yeah. I
0: think you know when we do the 2020 census that'll that's going to give us a little uh, a, a much clearer picture of what our population looks like yeah. and how many students are that t k to age uh grade fourteen age really that uh, or grade twelve um if not in 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 a special program um, live in our community um you know i've ran different data analysis and data sets and and what what I see is when we were at our highest enrollment in twenty ten we had about 19% of students who lived, or uh, children who lived in our community, went to schools other than uh, Canal Valley hmm. uh, School District. And when I run a very similar set now, yeah. um, I show about 20%. So it's been only about a one percent increase in that. It's just seeing, there's just less kids in the yeah. community.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Of course, because time goes on, kids move on, go to college, start start their own life. Right and then that you know it goes out but sometimes there's not there's not a place for them their place to fill right there's yep. not enough kids to fill their place
0: well because it's a, like i said earlier it's a, yeah. it's a nice community to live and if you're retired this is a climate that you would want to yeah. be in
1: so what's not to like right yeah Uh, so there's been a discussion regarding the amount of homework given by teachers especially in the middle school area and so what are your general thoughts about homework
0: well I think one homework is supposed to be a reinforcer to Mm -hmm. material taught and learned in class definitely so it should not be an exorbitant amount Um, you know I think where we talk about homework as as an issue for me and it's not just a middle school issue it's you know it it it's a, it's a high school uh, mm-hmm. concern as well, yep. um, and then at the elementary level, it's you know packets and those type of things. Yeah. But they
1: may think they have a lot, but. right?
0: I think for for this particular discussion, the key piece is is you know we have a board policy about homework and what the expectation is over weekends, long weekends, and holidays, okay. and um, you know the expectation is they. Our students in our district have the opportunity to relax and not worry about um, homework during that time and I think as we look at um, you know some of our practices while we may not teachers may not provide homework um, leading into a long weekend or through spring break it's the amount of work that needs to be done on that Monday Tuesday Wednesday when students return Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think raises the amount of stress level as you get through the end of that break or that weekend. And so, so, you know, there is that concern for me just as a parent and as the superintendent of what is that stress level that we're putting on students, but overall, you know, uh, homework as a whole should be a reinforcer, um, Uh, You know, I know we're going to a lot more project-based, so it's how do students communicate with one another on these projects when they're not in school, Um, and that can take some time getting to and from and and, uh, people's houses and, and or the library and those type of things. But overall, homework should be, you know, a short reinforcer to what was taught and learned in class.
1: Yeah, got it. Well, and then another thing, another aspect about homework that is true to me, and a, a ton of people think differently. But I would rather spend like an hour on something that is is really going to help me like reinforce. Uh, you know uh, double up on another concept or, or help me learn something new rather than spending like half an hour on just busy work right you know something that that really I'm not going to remember the next day and so I think that's where sometimes there's a lot of confusion there too and that's where the the amount of work and like the quality of work and everything like that gets gets really jumbled up but I mean that's good to hear that the district actually does have a policy because if I were to say it, I would say that's up to the teacher's discretion I I, I never would have thought that there's there's rules on that So, uh, yeah, I mean, we should tell our students that because they definitely do not think that. (laughs) So uh, what do you consider to me your most defining moment as superintendent? I mean, I'd love to hear this, you know, because Uh, I know you've only been here for about two years, but I'm sure you've had some pretty good experiences.
0: Well, you know, we've we've had some tragedies within our community uh, this year, and I think um, I wouldn't say how me personally as a superintendent I look at everything from a team aspect so how uh, has my team my executive cabinet handled um, some things within our community or what's our defining uh, decisions and, and things like that so I, I wouldn't say it's particular to me as the superintendent but um, you know I think the handling of the Woosley Hill fire um, and the decision we made to have schools shut down and, and have all the schools clean before trying to um, get students back into school when our community as a whole was still evacuated. So I think, yeah. for me, the handling of, of, of the fires was was key, and some really important decisions were made with uh, our cabinet and consulting with uh, other folks within our community. Um, you know, I think our response back to when students returned um, back to school from the, the fires and still... Uh, knowing that we had to have some procedures in place to support our students um, because of the borderline shooting uh, that happened prior to the fires that we had not had the opportunity to to really work through because um, you know the next day the fire started so we need to have we need to have some things in place to support our our students when they when they came back to to school Um, I I think most recently um, the creation of our student DAC um, is going to be really key Uh, and a really defining point for the district what is Um, DAC so our it's our student district advisory committee that's just recently been formulated it's made up of uh, a large group of um, students from all of our high schools um, that will be providing feedback to me as a superintendent our cabinet and director level um, about things that are working well in the district, things that are that are not working well in the district. Um one of those individuals will be um sitting up at the dais with us at board meetings. Nice. Um and so we will have a student voice um uh through our processes starting next school year. So I think to me that, that that's that's really, really Yeah, that's key. great. And then finally, um, you know, it was last board meeting we rolled out uh the educational um center and the operational center it's just a really good use of of our facilities that we have some of our facilities may not have been being utilized really well so we made some decisions and some moves that needed that need to take place between now and and the start of next school year that really defines our facilities um, gives some organization and structure to them and really I think um uh you know uses the space that we have in a, in a really positive way. Um, and it doesn't have us building any new buildings, selling yeah. any new buildings or land or buying any new buildings or land. So I think from a, a, a cost perspective, um, I think that, uh, this transition to these two new centers or facilities is going to be really, really key as a district.
1: That's great. I mean, from a student perspective, that's so cool to hear that. Like, that's really cool that you guys are taking us into consideration. That's great. And you know, of course, education is important and everything, but student welfare is you know really important too, and that's a key factor to everything. And so that's that's good to hear that you guys you know take that into consideration and and really take it to heart and adapt to the surroundings of everything. And yeah, you know, the shutdown of the schools. A lot of people thought you know that the, oh this is great you know uh, extra break or extra winter break and you know and also the fact that uh you know a lot of people thought it was bad because we're missing this much education but really in reality we we needed to get it done right you know filters are polluted it was horrible i remember uh this year, and I think last year we had a fire. You know, the conditions were horrible. I, you know, I wanted to go home. And the fact that we were allowed to, and you know, really gave us that peace of mind to get out of that dangerous situation. And, you know, my family, we took that, we took that like week or two weeks, however long it was. And we, we had to, we were, evacuated mandatory and we we slept at a hotel for a night then we came back when things started to die down and then just to get away from the smoke we went to the beach and we 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 rented a hotel on the beach and it was really fun but it was really good to just recover from everything that had happened
0: yeah and you know i do in all of these um areas that we spoke about, I, I do, uh, appreciate the board support and, and, and in some cases board direction, uh, to move forward with some of this stuff. So, you know, uh, you know, while, well, um, you know, as I guess uh, the person who oversees the day-to-day operations of the district, you know, um, folks may tend to think that a lot of these decisions are me are, are made in isolation, and, and they're not. It's working with my cabinet and, and having the support and direction from our board to, to move forward um, and, and, and make those decisions.
1: Totally. And uh, so if we ask your colleagues, uh, what do you think uh, that they would say your most defining moment is in this district?
0: Thank <laughs> you. Oh, I, I think everything ties back to our handling of the, the Woosley Hill fire um, yeah, and was, the decisions we made. It was um, a group effort. It it definitely was. We've been recognized um, by neighboring districts. Uh, we have some presentations that we're doing um, with um, state-level insurance, uh, school district insurance companies about our handling of it. And yeah. and so um, I think there's no doubt that, that right now, um, in a short tenure as a superintendent, would be the defining um uh work but i you know you know who knows in in eight years you know this may be still number one on the list or or lower on the list who knows
1: well and then you know life happens right Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta think these decisions on the fly as you come and as as they come and you have to adapt very quickly especially in a situation like that like I mean the fire was was really close to some school sites and you know you had to you had to think fast be on your toes to to make sure that everybody was safe and uh, so if you could go back to your first year at superintendent now that you're on your second year what would you do differently from your first year and, and why you know what what's your motive behind it
0: for me I would go back to the communication piece yeah um and when I think I've done enough communication, that probably still wasn't enough. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. like I said, that doesn't just tie back to our community, our parents and, and folks uh, within the community. That goes back to our employees and... Um, you know, decisions on moving offices or implementing uh, new strategies in the classroom, uh, making changes in how we service uh, students with special needs—all those type of things. When when I think I've provided enough communication, I need to think of more ways uh, to communicate that. So I think that will be a driving force. And and don't let the layers uh, underneath me get in the way of of my ability to work one-on-one with individuals and, um, you know, get my hands dirty per se.
1: Yeah. So what has made you better at your job now here at CVUSD? What experiences have changed you? What, you know, people that you've met, maybe change your approach on things like, you know, what is, what has really made you better?
0: Well, I, you know, I think, going through things for a second time as your second year as superintendent, you know what to expect and, um, what the preparation time is. And, you know, just like our interview today, the first time I came in and did this podcast, I was a nervous wreck, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of notes. And, and today it's more, you know, off the top of, of my head, us having a one-on-one conversation. Um, so I think experience there's, there's nothing beats experience. Um, but I also uh, appreciate the feedback that I get from, my school board, um, through my evaluation process, which is key. Um, I'm one who is open to feedback, um, from our bargaining groups, from our parent community. Um, and, you know, it doesn't upset me when someone provides me negative feedback because Mm -hmm. what I need to do is reflect why, why, why is that feedback coming in? What did I not do, um, uh effectively in my communication out and um so i think you know i it, it does go back to um really that communication piece again
1: yeah, yeah. Great. and uh so when when you talk to students, I'm sure a lot of things have changed from from your first year, from when you went to school, from just like even five years ago, or even when you were a principal. Like the district changes on a, on a daily basis so much. And so, what if you could give one piece of advice to today's student going into any level? You know, what would that be?
0: Limit your time on electronics. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it really would. I think you. We have. We've got to get back to spending time with your family, communi- sitting on a couch, either watching a TV show together or or talking about the day to day activities, um, and and doing some just reading of books. Right. Uh, you know, those are things that I have. You know. People tend to forget that that I'm well. I'm the superintendent. I'm also a dad of three kids, and yeah. and I have two in high school and and one at elementary. And and um, you know, I know what uh, some of the frustration that that parents face with electronics. I know, you know, some of those conversations that that, that, that take place because I I have those conversations. Yeah. Um,
1: well, and and that that reflects into the school level because you know if you're so occupied with that at home number one yeah. no homework's being done or whatever number two phones can cause a big distraction at school number three you know sometimes we're, we're more inclined to talk about that and yeah just like you said like that community aspect of it like you know i mean i sit in here every day at lunch and you know we're just watching youtube videos or whatever and you know it sometimes bothers me and me personally on a level at home i I always love to play video games with my friends. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on Discord. We're talking about it. And just recently, within like the last month, I've really been limiting myself and going out, meeting new people, going, you know, outside and actually talking. I've been, I redid my entire room with my mom and I would never had more fun with my mom. We were watching TV, listening to music and it's 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 almost an experience that I had forgotten. Yeah. And that that's just crazy to me. And so I think, you know, like, we're in the digital era so we should keep it going you know like things that help us like the new thermostats that we put in like the digital screen how cool is that right but you know on other things it's like you know just just lay off it a little bit so yeah, yeah i think that's that's really good yeah the 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 key
0: piece is is that social aspect and um being connected online playing a video game are you learning the same skill set as you would be with a group of friends walking through the mall or um you know, hanging out at the beach, you know, doing something like that. And I think that there, there are some of those pieces because you're going to need those skills as an adult. Um, and in college, you have to be able to communicate to people. World of
1: Warcraft Um, isn't going to please you forever. (laughs) Right.
0: So, um, you know, that would be my advice going into a little bit of the summer months is, is try to limit some of your, your, your electronic time and, and spend some quality time with your, your family and friends.
1: Great, yeah. And, of course, I have to ask, what do you think really defines Sequoia as a school site?
0: Well, I, one, I think you guys have a fantastic staff, and there is no doubt that, um, you know, having quality adults on a campus um, leading uh, children and students uh, is is. Re- to me, key. And, and so that's, that's defining. I think you guys have an exceptional leader yeah. in Ms. Chambers and, um, you know, she is, um, I think embraces the, embraces the Kaneho way, um, in a, in a really positive way. And I think her leadership style, um, is, is, is really, really cool. And I, and I think as, as a whole, um, the Newberry Park community that feeds into this school is top notch. And so, sure. and, and it's, it's, it's either um, students coming through the through Sequoia who have older kids at Newberry Park or kids who've graduated from Newberry Park. So there's no doubt people know what the, the traditions are on this campus and um, you know expect those traditions to to be upheld and 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 continue
1: for sure. Yeah, hopefully we made a new one last year. <laughs> All right, and uh, really quickly, I mean, this has been such a good podcast. I, I cannot imagine that anyone in here is not dying to ask a question to you. So uh, I'm v- inviting any studio audience members to introduce themselves and ask a question to you. Hi, my name is Jamie Lynn. Hi, Jamie Lynn. Hi. And as being the CVUSD superintendent, how do you, how, okay, are you the one who chooses the Teacher of the Year Award? And if so, how do you evaluate the best teacher for that award?
0: Yeah. So, no, I am not the sole decider of our Teacher of the Year. Our Teacher of the Year are nominated by either site principals um, or colleagues. And so we get a list of, of teachers um, that um, get nominated from that list, as a cabinet and director level, we bring a group together and we will review all the candidates. And then we um, look at um, the months of the year, the ten months that we hand out a a teacher of the year award, and we select you know who who the ten individuals will be. Once we get later on in the year, um, we will sit down and take a look at at the ten individuals at, as a large group and, and make a decision of of who CVUSD teacher of the year. So no, I'm not the, the sole decider of that. And there are, are numerous committees that that will go to before the decision is made. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dominic. And hey, Dominic. I want to say that your work ethic is absolutely amazing and really inspirable. Like your schedule is completely packed and you're still able to get going every single day. And my question is, um, what's your mindset and how do you really keep going throughout the day? Yeah, well, I would say, do as I say and not as I do. Um, I would say when you listen to what my workload looks like and my my work ethic, um, I'm probably not a, a, a really great example of of a balanced life. Um, some of that's new. Uh, some of it's because I'm new to being a superintendent. But um, you know, I think for me, what what keeps me going is is you know my my wife and three kids, oh, yeah. and you know we very much like being in this in the community we we like um, our kids like being at the schools that they're in and involved in the activities and you know I know that I have to to be successful in my job um, in order for us to continue to to live in this community but I also know that I have like I said 18,500 plus students that um, I have to make really positive decisions about every day. And um, that also uh, is, is key. And so, you know, one of the um, sayings that I've been really pondering and, and thinking about, and, and I've been saying a lot is, I can't tell you what the key to success is, but I can tell you what the key to failure is. And that's trying to please everybody. And so I know that there are days where I have to make some really, really tough decisions that not everybody's going to agree with. But I know that I still have to make them, and um, you know a lot of those decisions are what's going to benefit um, the students um, and the employees of our district. Thank you so much. It's it's amazing how much you um, you help the community and how much you are uh, able to communicate. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Hi, my name is uh, Sean, and I was just wondering: were you in any way involved in getting crew to Sequoia?
0: No. So, um, well link crew is is really, really um, uh, a key piece to our middle schools. Um, you know those are our site level decisions, and uh, the principal and and staff um, make some of those instructional decisions here. At at the site levels, either at Sequoia or other middle schools or high schools and, and elementary. So, you no, know, I don't get down and make uh, every single decision within the district. Um, I will support a lot of the decisions that our principals and staff make together, um, but they don't necessarily make their way up to me to be the final decision maker. So, um, you know, that's so I would not have been the the a key stakeholder in that decision other than, um, supporting it. And if we needed some dollars and cents behind it, trying to make sure that we, we can make that
1: work. Thank you. Uh, well, Mr. Uh, Dr. McLaughlin, is there, uh, anything else that you would like to tell our listeners or add to the podcast before we wrap up today?
0: I just, I hope everyone has a, a great summer um, as I said, spend time with your your friends and family and uh, try to stay a little bit off the electronics as, as much as possible and, and try to relax. And uh, with that, those um, that are going from Sequoia to eighth graders going to high school next year, I wish everyone the best of luck there and, and all of our high school graduates uh, best of luck in, in their endeavors uh, as we move through the graduation week next week
1: great well thank you so much dr mclaughlin i was i always a pleasure to have you on the show and i think it was a great way to end the school year and a great way to end my career on ka19 and i was just so happy to talk with you today i think we covered some great points and i was really informed and i hope that gets out to the community as well so thank you one more time and uh for the last time this is jackie b with ka19 signing off